0: I read you. Where are you? Flying blind on a rocket cycle. Flying blind on a rocket cycle. And now, my friend, the first rule of Italian driving. What's behind me is not important. At the beginning, when you try the first time the 500. Ginters. Fourth is Sylvain Gintoli. Sylvain taking a second out of Tony Elias in one lap with five to go. Permission to become a complete fan? Uh, no, I am, you're mate. <laughs> Sorry. Go on, Sylvain. Rostrum boy. I hope you're up early in Boston. Come on, Caroline. I'm sure you and can chat loud on. enough. Put the bottle down. It's too early. Racing it. At- Life. Anything that happened before or after, just
1: waiting. Hey, 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 everybody! Welcome back. Welcome back to the show of record, the show that matters, and the show that puts you on pole position for the news, the commentary, and the opinion in the world of motorcycle road racing. Yes, you are now back. For episode number 73, it is Rumble Strip Radio. As always, I am your host, the Duke, coming to you uh, from a very cold and snowy little Baghdad. Yes, uh, once again, four to six more inches of snow predicted today. Oh, joy. Anyways, uh, got a great show planned for you today. We uh, have a lot to talk about. Of course, we have the World Superbike Race that kicked off the season at Qatar last week. Uh, those guys are currently qualifying at Phillip Island as we record this. It's uh, Friday. They put in, uh, well, it's you know the, that whole thirteen hours of time time difference things got me all screwed up. So I think they're about ready to go on uh, track for Saturday's qual- qualifying and pole uh, super pole later today. Anyways, we'll uh, we'll touch on that. MotoGP testing at Qatar, the night test. We're going to spend a few minutes talking about that, some of the times that have come down. And uh, most importantly, I've got that guest that I promised you on last week's show. I did that recording on Wednesday and I had intended to get the show out yesterday, but um nothings were happening between World Superbike and MotoGP. I at least wanted to get some times that were coming up for that. And uh, spent a little bit of time talking about that this week because, um, well, it's a lot to talk about. But uh, we'll get to the interview here in a few minutes. But before we do anything, let's take care of the administrative stuff. Of course, the website is uh, www.rumblestripradio.com. And the email address is rumblestripradio@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Feel free to send any Feedback and comments and opinions over to that site. If you want to leave them on the website, uh, excuse me, the email. um, If you want to leave anything on the website, feel free to do that uh, over at RumbleStripRadio.com under the specific episode. You can uh, go over there and click on the comment section, submit that there, and uh, just let everyone see what you have to say. While you're over at the site, please feel free to uh, check out the upper right-hand corner. That is the Donate button. And you can donate to the cause here at Radio. Hey, you know, we'd like to uh, pay the bills here, the, at least the bandwidth bills, and if we can, maybe throw in a couple subscriptions for some of the magazines out there or some of the websites, such as uh, Autosport.com, which is a, a fabulous site. Um, but you get that whole British to uh, to dollar conversion thing, and it's killing us. You know, it's uh, 60 bucks U.S. for that thing. And then there's the whole MotoGP feed thing this year that I'm not subscribing to, at least not at this point, because they really um, are up in the Fees on that. Plus, as an American, I have to pay European VAT tax. Someone someone explain that one to me. That should be an opt-out real quick if you're not uh, subscribing from the EU. Anyways, enough complaining about that. We've got uh, lots of stuff to go over. News coming up this week. Mm, it wasn't a ton that came out this week. Nothing that really jumped out and smacked me across the face as far as anything other than the uh, the testing at Qatar, which uh, I think we're going to hit on the back end um, for the night testing, I think we want to spend uh, the beginning of the show talking about uh, World Superbike and what's going on with that. Uh, first round of qualifying is in at uh, Phillip Island, and I want to want to touch on some of the times there. Oops, yeah, okay, I needed that too. What are we doing first? We're going to do the race first. Sorry, it's just easier that way to hit the race. As far as what I the windows I have pulled up, <laughs> bad on me. But before I do that, and before I forget once again, I uh, got an email from Damien this week, and he wanted me to pass along to everyone. Um, I'll just read Damien's email here. I'm not sure if anyone else picked up on this Nick Harris screw up. So here it goes. Towards the end of the BMW uh, QP session on MotoGP.com's video feed, uh, they get into the whole schedule and the show. Uh, show a cool world graphic along with the verbal background at the end of. Them doing the scheduled Nick Harris starts. Uh, excuse at the end. Let me let me uh, work on that again. I'm trying a different position on the mic and some things to help improve the audio quality. And then I have to read out of the corner of my eye to look at the screen here. So uh, at the end of them uh, at the end of them doing the schedule, Nick Harris starts to sort of sign off and say this. And I quote: "Join us for MotoGP 2004." Says, please tell him, please tear him a new one for firing Braxy and keeping his old dumbass up in there, <laughs> Damien. I couldn't agree with you more. Anyways, I didn't actually watch the official uh, MotoGP feed. No, of course not. I, uh, as always, check out the Eurosport feed, and uh, there was no Randy Mamola in that. But uh, you know, it's a little early for Randy to be uh, heading over. But I'm sure in uh, a week's time, we'll hear Randy, uh, as uh, MotoGP will be kicking off in Qatar. And uh, we'll be very, very excited for that, just to hear those guys going. But uh, it's funny how uh, Julian and Toby, if you haven't had a chance to download Round Zero, uh, the, or, or if you're uh, one of our European guy people and can watch the British Eurosport feed, uh, those guys are in mid-season form, right out of the box. And uh, others not so much. I can say that but uh, you know, put me in there what would happen? I think I could do the job. I'm 99% positive I could pull that one off. So let's uh let's talk about this past uh, weekend at Qatar, the season kickoff for World Superbike. A lot of uh, interesting predictions what we're going to happen here. The uh, one thing to note coming into this weekend is that Ducati had never won uh, at the uh, at the track that was uh, as they called it their bogey track, other uh, uh, just not a track that's been suited to the you know various iterations of the Ducati twin up until this point. Some interesting things coming out of Superpole. It was uh, that the Paul Bird team was still using their O seven Hondas, and one thing you notice as you look through all the times didn't matter if it was uh, Paul Bird Tenkata um, DFX. Well, I'm sorry, it's no longer DFX Honda. It's just DF Honda. Those guys are way off the pace at this point. And I'm guessing that uh, typical Honda, everyone got their equipment really late. Everyone scrambled uh, to get everything together. Some people didn't get their stuff together as a shortage of parts, little to no testing. So I think you'll see those results not only from this past weekend at Qatar, but this week's race at Phillip Island. The nice thing is they'll have about a month off. I think there's an official test session at Valencia after uh, Phillip Island in by and by rate round three i think we'll see the hondas in in much better shape but uh yeah just the Paul bird team running the o seven hondas no p s g one uh, Kawasaki's in super Bowl. the only um the only kawasaki race that got into super pole was uh was a privateer semi privateer i guess um and i thought I wrote his name down, but i guess not well hold on You can do that. Actually, you can pull that up here quickly. Where's Superpole? There we go. Takes a second for the World Superbike site to switch over here. Superpole, where did I go? No. Oh, it didn't give me the right thing. This is wonderful. Nice show preparation, right? Yeah, exactly. Ah, there it is. uh, Badovini. He was the guy – he was the only Kawasaki to make it into Super Bowl. So Um, PSG1, they're they're working on it, but struggling, as they would say uh, in the sports world. And let's see, All-Star also um, really the first time everyone's really seen their new paint scheme at speed, and there's some static pictures, and um, I don't know. (laughs) It's an interesting paint scheme. Uh, for us Americans, if uh, it, it has a bit of a Wonder Bread feel to it, with just the, the colors and the spots and everything, and especially at speed, it has a little bit of a, of a Wonder Bread packaging look to it. Uh, I will say that the Ten Tenkata bikes, so the paint scheme that they have this year, is a much cleaner looking bike. It, it definitely um, sounds, or I'm sorry, that definitely looks much better than than last year's bike did. The the one the other thing I noticed is this year Suzuki seemed to have a really really high pitched high RPM sound to them, uh, much more so than the Yamahas uh, and the Kawasaki's um, and Honda's as well too. Uh, just a, a very distinctive note out of the Kawasaki's. sounds like they're turning uh, a lot more RPM in those in the, in the Suzukis and you know, maybe maybe they were based on a few things that happened during uh, the weekend's races. Uh, the Ducatis sounded. Uh, it definitely had a different sound to them, a much, much deeper sound than the, than the triple nines. Um, it also, uh, apparently they rev quite nice, but it, it, it's such a flat sound that it sounds like they're revving, uh, that is, that is a slower, a much slower revving machine and that it tops out at about 10,000 RPM. So it's just, um, uh, it's probably more like twelve uh the street bike is uh, i think it's 10 5 or 11 so we'll say that the race bike's probably 12 maybe 13 but you know not much more than that it's it's a big twin you're not it's not about the rpms it's about it's about the grunt uh you know using that uh, the big torque that it's got so those were the uh the main things that i noticed coming out of superpole um of course Bayless was on uh, ended up on no Bayless did not end up on pole that was corser who ended up with the superpole that was his 40 Fourth super Superpole, I believe I forgot to write that down 41st or 44th uh, you know mr Super Bowl of course um comes through once again so let me pull it up here so courser uh Zaus, Biagi, uh, Neukirchner was the first neukirchner was the first row uh Lanzi Haga Bayless and kagayama was row two now the one thing everyone was wondering why was Bayliss off in super pole or his time was off uh, when he had been near the top of the charts during Um, all the free practice, and that was because he ended up using his backup bike for... I don't remember if they said what the reason was, but it was just the fact that he had to use his backup bike, and uh, he was not as comfortable with that and the settings on that as he was with his primary bike. So uh, that was the reason for that. Um, Row three was uh, Cheka, Fabrizio, Nieto, and Jakub Smertz. And then the last uh, four to get in for Superpole Lavia... Safuagalu. I'm going to try and get his name right more right more correct this year. Uh Robbie Rolfo and uh, as we said uh Badovini was in uh was the last spot to make it into Super Bowl. Okay, I'm uh, I'm pretty much just going to go off the notes I read here. Uh for the race it's it's been a number of days since I watched it. Uh, uh from from the start, uh, Max Neukirchner, uh took off in the lead and actually led for uh, for a number of laps. You know, it's one thing we've seen last year uh, at the last round when he when he got the chance to ride on the All Star bike, he was pretty quick. If we go back a couple of years and remember on the Claffy bike, as we've talked about, he's always he's you give him the equipment and he can run up there. He can he can do the business. So it's good to see. We'll see if he can uh, keep that up through the season, but. um very promising for the All Star team, especially given that there were a lot of question marks when they let Max go or chose not to re-sign Max. And and you look at their lineup, some uh, you know a lot of people scratching their heads, uh, given the fact that they didn't have sponsorship and literally until the eleventh hour. Uh, so it was good to see All Star up there, uh, Max noy Kirchner leading. Oh, one thing you did notice right away is that the Suzukis have a lot of top end power on that long front straight. Uh, they were repeatedly able to po- just pull immediately out of the out of the uh, out of the draft, not really even needing a draft, and were able to power around everybody. And then you saw that both in race one and in race two. Uh, Neukirchner, uh, Haga, Corser, and Biaggi were the were the top four through the first five laps. With Bayless, uh, who didn't get the greatest of starts, and you know he's on uh, on the second row to begin with, uh, was beginning to was beginning to charge. In those opening laps, I'm sure everyone has seen this. one. I mean, it was one of the one of the highlights of the weekend. Maybe not in a great way uh, for Haga, who just not a good weekend for him. Uh, he and Biagi were going back and forth up front there. Biaggi, um, you know, made a made a pretty strong move, uh, kind of cut Haga off a little bit. the the Their wheels touched to Haga's back wheel. Or, I'm sorry, Haga's front wheel to Biagi's back tire. Uh, Haga apparently wasn't real happy with that move, and uh, mid corner takes his left hand off the bar, shakes his fist, and uh, while in mid corner the front end goes, you know, because you don't have the the, the right pressure, uh, he gets high sided right off the bike. So not, uh, I think the, he I think when he did that, he um, his throttle hand might have moved just a little bit more than he expected to. Uh, since he was mid-corner, and it spun up the back tire, and that's really kind. Of, it's really what um, high-sided him. So, uh, nothing horrible on a high side. He was able to, to get up, um, mount back up on the bike, and but he was way back in the field and finished. And, um, we'll have to look here. Where did he finish? Yeah, 14th. I was going to say 13th, but ended up finishing 14th in the race, but that was pretty much it for him, but I don't know what Noriyuki was uh, uh, thinking on that one. It's not like Max was going to see that, you know, him waving his fist or whatever. Just uh, lapse in concentration, lapse in sanity, and it really wasn't that dirty of a move. It was, it was a tight move, but it was, it was a clean, and it was a hard move, but it was a clean move. So, can't, uh, couldn't fault Max for that. We get to uh, to lap eight, and Troy Bayless, who had been charging really muscles his way along in the first place it was a it was a real strong move that uh, Troy made going underneath to uh, to grab the lead there uh but then you know he got up front and he I guess he was just pushing really hard and um started making mistakes he ran off ran wide a couple different spots and uh, ended up falling back in in the fourth spot but um Yeah, that was at half right right around halfway. And then uh, he had to do that whole whole charge once again. Had uh, to get uh near the front, but uh, you know, he got up there uh, with Biaggi leading. They go uh go in there, Biaggi uh runs it wide, Troy goes underneath, and uh Mr. Uh, broken collarbone and the pundits saying that he's got no chance of winning the championship, given that uh, he's broke his collarbone, his season's done, forget about it, Cut him out. Mr. Troy freaking Bayless wins the very first race of the year and gives Ducati uh, its first win at Qatar, gives it the 1098 its first win in its opening race. And uh, so Max comes home second. Uh, Troy Corser was third. And then my man Ruben Zous, who looked pretty good throughout the first race, was fourth. Noy Kirchner, who had uh, had a really strong race about two thirds of the way, just uh, he started fading back. I think that was um, he had been pushing so hard, he just didn't manage his tires correctly. And um, so he ended up fifth. Carlos Checa, not too bad on the on the Hansbury 10 Kata bike, uh, finishing in sixth. Fonzi Nieto, seventh. Kagayama, eighth. Fabrizio, ninth. And uh, Jakob Smertz was uh, was tenth. So, uh, you know, Jakub Smertz is a full-on, you know, basically a full-on privateer. So it shows you that uh, Ducati has built a pretty good bike for this year. But uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, I said last week we're going to do a little bit of a World Superbike preview. And, and we'll talk a little bit about kind of my impressions after a, a, what I'm thinking is happening here for these first two rounds um, after we're done here. Race two. Um of course her and Haga tried to go in uh in formation and, and kind of run away from each other for the first few laps uh but if you uh you, this was some of the best action of the whole weekend was Max Biaggi and Ruben's house just going back and forth in those opening three four laps Uh those guys were racing hard I mean they were racing really hard and of course I am a Full on Rubens' house fan. I've I've said it for years. Uh, just like the guys, I've you know met him years ago at uh, World Superbike at Laguna. He was a nice guy then. Uh, everyone says still, no, you know, nothing's changed. He's a little more laid back now uh, that he's married and uh, I think he's got a son as well now. Um, but he's just and he's great to watch on the bike just because you know he's like what six two or something and just his style is so different than everybody else. But it was it was great to watch and Ruben giving Max everything he could handle and uh you know getting the better of Max. So lap two uh, Yamaha Yamaha duck duck. Uh Safoglu, uh or I'm sorry, Safoagalu had a good start and was running in seventh on lap three. Uh Biagi was leading at the halfway mark and then Noriukihage was uh was falling back and from reading the press releases, uh, both he uh, and Troy ended up having uh, tire issues uh, throughout the race, t- race two, and that's why they um, they had some issues. The And then I just have some other notes in here as well. The Stelgarda bikes seem to be every bit as good as the factory bikes. Uh, as I said before, the All-Star um, Suzuki bikes have a ton of power, and that's, um you know that was that was witnessed by uh, who ended up taking the lead and uh, charging at at the second half of race two, and that was Fonzi Nieto. I mean Fonzi, who's done almost nothing since he came into World Superbike, looked really strong, looked really comfortable on the bike. And uh, as we said, he that bike got on the straight, and he'd wick the throttle, and he could just drive by like it was nobody's business. I mean, it was it had that look like. Um, at China last year, when uh, Stoner would get on the power and just go around everybody uh, without even, and, and it didn't look like he was even trying. It just the, the Suzukis looked at it had, like it had that much more power. Um, the Ducatis were able to stay close by by drafting on them, but the Suzukis definitely have some uh, some really good juice in them this year, at least at this point, at least this point so far. So, uh, race two uh, was Nieto, Rubens, Aus, who was a really strong. Second spot, uh, Nieto had gapped him, but in the last lap, lap and a half, Ruben really put his head down and made it pretty close. Um, maybe not quite as close at the stripe; it was three tenths at the stripe. But coming up into, uh, you know, almost up in the last corner, you thought Ruben might have a shot. But uh, as we said, that Suzuki just—you could literally watch that thing walk away from Ruben uh, from the last corner to the start-finish straight. And then Max Biaggi finished in. Third, so a really good weekend for Max. In the uh, post-race interview, he said that uh, towards the end of the race, uh, the bike felt like you this, the motor didn't feel quite right. So he uh, had backed uh, back the RPMs down some and knew he was pretty comfortable in third. So just took that. Said he wasn't exactly happy with all that, but uh, was a was a pretty good way to start out the season. Uh, Bayless finished in fourth. He was a little bit quiet in race two and. Um, I'm trying to remember the press release. What what was said exactly? But you got to believe that um, you know even Troy Bayless can uh, uh, you know get worn down from that injury and uh, maybe took a little bit more out of him than he thought. Finished fourth. Uh, Michelle Fabrizio, hey, nice showing for uh, the self-appointed wizard in fifth. Lorenzo Lanzi in sixth. Uh, Troy Corser seventh. We talked about him having some tire issues. Noy Kirchner in eighth. Uh, on the uh, on the second all star bike, Jakob Smertz in ninth and uh, Safu Agulu finished in tenth. So you know he um, uh, first time on a real superbike um, for an extended period of time. You know race situation not not too bad. I mean I don't think anyone expected him to be up there uh, battling for the lead right away. But um, you know not too shabby. And you know the superbikes they rode last year, um, you know in some national races were really more super stock style bikes. Not not true on. Uh, uh, Checo was 11th, Tomata 12th, Haga 13th, uh, Lavia in uh, 14th, Rolfo 15th, and uh, yeah, so that's the end of the points. So our points, let's see, Riders, where did it go? Championship standings, there we go. So Troy Bayless with a first and a fourth is is your leader in the points after round after one round with thirty eight. Biaggi in second with thirty-six, Fonzi Nieto thirty-four in third, Ruben Aus with thirty-three points in fourth, Troy Corser, uh twenty-five points in fifth, Noi Kirchner nineteen, Fabrizio eighteen, Cheka fifteen, Smrtz thirteen, and Lanzi with ten, tied with Safagalu. So there's your points through uh, through the first round. Now, let's see. I don't know if that's going to be able to come up. Crap. I have to uh, do some navigating here to try and get to – yeah. That's not working for me. Okay. So uh, you have to give me a second here while I uh, bang through some Keys here to get to pull back up the World Superbike site. That's their uh, window where you look at stuff. Isn't letting you switch between races for uh, whatever good reason. But I gotta say, at least the World Superbike site is uh, much better than it was last year. You know, the MotoGP site still atrocious. Not as nearly as bad as the Speed.com website. That thing is. Oh, try to find anything in there. You might as well you know give up now. All right. So we need to go to results and Phillip Island. Here we go. That looks like the right numbers. That looks pretty close. Sorry for the uh, delay in here. And it's still selling me. God bless it. That's why that didn't look right. Okay, now we're gonna have him pulled up here. Here we go. Here's our times from uh, from the first session. So down in Phillip Island for the second round, and uh, Courser was uh, quickest. He was um, just a fraction ahead of Bayless. O uh, thirty eight in front of Bayless. Fabrizio third, about uh, two tenths back from that. Uh, Neukirchner, Smirz, Biaggi, Zaus, Laconi, Nieto, Checa. Those are your top ten. Uh, at the end of Friday. So um, oh before we uh i guess before i do uh touch on uh touch a couple a little bit more on Philip Island uh to wrap up Qatar uh, and World SuperSport not uh not the most exciting of races uh with the exception of two things. One uh was at the second or third lap Johnny Ray had himself a, a pretty nice high side i will put a link to um link to that it's on uh i put it up on youtube so i'll put a link in on the show notes for that so you guys can see it if you haven't seen it and uh, given that speed ran it on uh let's see what did they run that wednesday and then interrupted the race in the middle of the uh press conference for the open you know irl uh champ car merger thing um but you can you can see it there, and then uh, on the last lap, uh, Fourier was uh, way out in front, and then runs out of gas with half a lap left. So Andrew Pitt was able to uh, to win that race. And uh, the second place guy, I just wrote the second place guy uh, looks like he has a mullet, and I can't remember the the cat's name, and I don't have the results up now to to look at it. Uh, and then for those of you who are interested, uh, the Triumph, they looked. Like they've got some pretty good promise. They look like they, uh, you know, first time out, not too bad. I guess they're having some problems with heat uh, and trying to shed some of the heat because they're they're making power and uh, you know it's a, it's a new bike. So we'll look for some good things. Gary McCoy looked uh, looked pretty good out there for the for an old guy racing on that uh, in the World Super Sport race. So hopefully we'll see some uh, better things from those guys. I don't think they're racing at Phillip Island this weekend. But anyways, <sighs> okay, so. Um, what are we going to expect from Phillip Island probably more of the same that we saw at Qatar we'll see the ducatis uh, doing well we'll see the suzukis doing well yamaha maybe they can figure out the 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 how hard they're hitting the tires this this track um and then they're like i said they'll have a month off and then i think really only once we get to the third round at um is that at Valencia? Yeah, third round is at Valencia. I think only then are we really going to get a handle on what this season is going to look like. For for those reason. number one, the Hondas are way behind as far as their development, and obviously they're not going to have time to develop them, you know, in one week period of time. Uh, but given the month off, given the test that's going to happen at Valencia, I think we're going to see a huge step up for the Hondas. Um, I'm also hoping uh, greatly that the Kawasaki's are going to be able to to you know find something. Uh, you know, it was a bike that looked really, really promising. And um, as far as the spec sheet looks, uh, with the redesign and everything, uh, you know, very hard focused uh, from a racing standpoint, but just not having much uh, when it came to actual race time. So hopefully that month off, they'll they'll be in there and working hard and developing those things. So um, I think it's after the third or the fourth race that uh, uh, the World Superbike is going to look at the results um, kind of average everything together, and then at that point, they will uh, assess any penalties, either weight-wise or air restrictor-wise, to the Ducatis to try and limit the power. But at this point, I don't think that the Ducatis have all that much more power than anyone else. And in fact, based on what you saw from the Suzukis, uh, you know, the Suzukis, to me, have, have the most power. I think that the Ducatis just have uh, they're they're e- much easier on tires than they were, especially last year where they were. You know, Troy Bayliss said, "Whatever the hardest tires you are, give me those, and if you have something harder than those, I'll take those too," uh, because that was the only way he could get through the race without destroying them. And I mean, you saw what happened in the first two races of the, the of, the, of uh, last year where they just the the triple nine just beat up the tires and it, it cost Bayliss a couple races really. So, and I think the Yamahas are having. A bit of that problem this year, and I think it's just you know, they, uh, they get that variable in track, it a variable inlet uh, deal. I think that's maybe hitting the tires with more power, and it's just hitting it harder, and just it's just beating them up. Um, some of it's hard to say about guitar because it's an abrasive surface to begin with, plus you have all the sand that blows through there, and that's going to you know contribute to chewing up tires as well. So, um, after Phillip Island, we'll have a little bit better taste of it, and then. Uh once we get to Valencia I think then we'll figure out where everyone really stands. Ducati looks good, it sounds good, it's nice to see that um, more than just the factory bikes are competitive, that the Stelgarda bikes are competitive. Um Jakob Smurz is a privateer, uh looks reasonably competitive and even Fonzi Lanzi is, you know, now that he doesn't have the pressure of a factory contract, is you know, showing that he can he can race as well. So next week's show we'll uh, we'll have a full rundown of what happens at Phillip Island. Uh Super Pole is uh well let's see it's about six in the morning down uh Melbourne away, so what do we got? about eight hours until Super Bowl is it record this here on uh, Friday afternoon so I want to talk about um, I want to talk about what's going on down in Qatar, and uh, we're going to get to that here right after the, we do the interview here and like I said, very special interview. And very happy to have him back on the show. So uh, let's go to something that we recorded on Wednesday. Well, joining us here on Rumble Strip Radio, I'm uh, very happy to welcome back to the show the lead commentator on British Eurosport for the MotoGP uh, series. And uh, as we're just about ready to get set off with round one in about a week, uh, Toby Moody, welcome to Rumble Strip Radio. Good to have you back.
0: Hi. Hi. You well? Uh, Very well. Yourself? Yes, good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Had a had a rare holiday last week, so uh, getting back into it. And this time next week, I'll be in Qatar. It's
1: uh, it's hard to believe the season's starting uh, already. It seems like it's been a while, but then again, the the winters seem to fly by as well.
0: Oh, certainly, certainly. I mean, I can't. It, it creeps closer and closer to uh, towards uh, towards January, and the season lasts even longer. So. Uh, but you know there's more races and it's enjoyable but it's uh it's different from when i started i think i seem to remember it used to start on like 20-somethingth of april and now it's grand prix zero was what february the whatever it was um 19th you know it's crazy mm-hmm. but
1: there we go can't complain yeah well we keep adding more and more races we're up to uh to 18 18 rounds this year right
0: yes yes as it was last year yes yep. so it's it's the same but
1: uh it, uh, was. Uh, I want to touch with you on uh, on the Round Zero at hereth in a few minutes, but uh, I want to start off by talking about um, something that's a little near and dear to your heart, and that is uh, the Dakar Rally. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, to- Toby was uh, uh, the commentator on the Dakar Rally for a number of years on the official broadcast, and uh, I must say you did a fantastic job with uh, Nate Katz over on uh, Rally Radio when that whole thing blew up this year.
0: Oh no that was interesting I found uh, his uh, his website and uh no, he found me i te- I tell a lie. He sent me an email and i didn 't know that the radio station was running, and we had a quick chat and uh yeah it 's um, a shame of course it 's a shame, but um, the the whole cancellation of this year 's event is obviously pri- is first and foremost over financial. Uh, other other factors but obviously there's some people who are, who are going to still be hurt about this and that's not funny but uh no it the dakar will will reappear it just won't be called the dakar you know yeah i was i was wondering what
1: your take is on um essentially it's being reborn in south america next year
0: yeah well that that's been discussed for quite some time the the word within within aso the people who organize the event is that They have been investigating that for a while. Maybe, to be fair to them, if they have been investigating that for three or four years, maybe they knew that they just wouldn't be able to go to Dakar forever. And push came to shove, and maybe they had to make a decision under pressure after those French tourists got shot on Christmas Eve, 2007 um, maybe they were planning on this one being the last one without sort of telling people before the event maybe they're going to tell people after the event who knows but um, it'll be it'll be different uh, you, you can't have people being shot on international television you know you, you just can't do that you know yeah. it, it's, it's just bonkers and I think there was a lot of emotion going around at the time oh you know well why don't we just go to Morocco or something and why don't we just do this well you can't. It's a massive, ma- well, why don't we just move the Super Bowl venue by, by, uh, from, from West Coast to East Coast in a week? You can't do it, no. you know? No. I mean, I support ASO in what they did with their decision because you just can't have people being shot on television, you know? It's just, um, it's crazy. There was, there's almost, there's almost, well, there is so much communication available nowadays through the satellite links that they have in the middle of the desert. It's just not worth the risk. Never mind, you know, people getting killed. I mean, what about the families? Things like that. Yeah. Not. No, you can't. It's just a no. It's just a no. Yeah. Um, I know.
1: In in um, in your interview with Nate, uh, you had talked about you had thoughts of <clears throat> maybe one day going back and and doing that again as as a, as a broadcaster. Yes. Um, does that change with the uh, move to to uh, South America, or is that just one of those things you'll have to decide? You want to take that three weeks to a month out of your life and. Uh, lose that out of your life, and on top of doing no, MotoGP.
0: no, no. They, um, to be honest with you, they uh, they rang me last September, and they were very um, pro me returning. But I I thought about it for uh, a couple of weeks, and I said, I said, I just I just haven't got the time. I'm doing all the Motor GP. There are more and more races, as we mentioned a moment ago, than there was when I was uh, doing the um, the ASO Dakar stuff, and. There's just it's just not enough not enough hours in the in, not enough weeks in the year, as it were, because it takes a lot out of you. Um, I mean, you know how tired you are after a weekend at a racetrack, and that's only three days racing with a day up maybe either side. This is three weeks non-stop, and it absolutely wears you out. You're in the army, as I as I may have said many times before. You just you just feel like you're in the army, and it's just you're just marching from town to town. So uh, yeah, I'll go back, particularly if it's down in. Um, down in South America, what I would want to do is sort of something like Paris Peking that'd be brilliant absolutely brilliant a bit
1: of a bit of a long way around type of thing right
0: absolutely yeah. yes, yes, yes so um let let's see they're working on it. they're not stupid they will they will come up with something they've got to cut up with, they've got to come up with something because of you know it's a massive, massive cash cow for them mm-hmm. and they can't just say, "Oh well uh, that's that." They've they've got to keep it going. Yeah. Well, if you need it,
1: if you need an assistant or a coolie or whatever you need, uh, give me a ring. I'd be glad to go down there with you <laughs> for the experience, if nothing else. At, uh...
0: Well, maybe the positive is, you know, is if it if it does go down there, then maybe it might be a little bit cheaper for the Americans and and the Canadians to go and have a go. Uh, maybe the, there's a chance, you know. Yep. Yeah. Well,
1: I know that uh, that whole deal basically cost Robbie Gordon's his NASCAR team, he had to, uh, he lost so much money on that, he uh, basically had to merge with another team just to, just to keep really? that in business so he didn't have to lay off all these people.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: it was yeah. quite huge, but well, you know that, you know the money spent on that better than anyone, so.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a force majeure and it's difficult to have it insu- covered by insurance as well, you know. Yeah. it is. I mean, what do they put in insurance? I'm sure some of your listeners know more about insurance than I do, but, you know, they they put in things like act of God and terrorism. Mm-hmm. You're not covered. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they don't want to know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm. Well, let's uh, let's move on to, uh, to MotoGP since that's, uh, like you say, uh, literally a week away. And I guess we should start with, um, with as it's uh, been termed for a number of years now, round zero, the test at Harath. and. Uh, friday was a, a beautiful day and then a lot of good times coming then comes saturday uh, the weather not 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 quite as good but uh, uh i guess Casey stoner's picking uh, up right where he left off at the end of 07
0: yes yeah, so uh, for those who were in the garage with him during that um, that qualif that qualifying session that session they said he was just incredible uh they said he was just incredible and it's his sheer confidence with the thing that is growing, obviously, week by week, uh, and over the winter it's all settled in, and it's like, right, okay, uh, you know what it's like as a sportsman, you might have made a few mistakes last year, (laughs) very few at that, (laughs) and I'm not going to make them this year. So uh, apparently when Melandry was second overall, he thought, hmm, that's not a bad time in the wet, and he came in, and then he looked at the screens and saw that he was second, but 3.7 seconds behind Casey, and apparently his face just dropped
1: and uh, Casey put in what about eight laps total for that forty-minute session?
0: Um, can't remember specifically. What I do remember is that he uh, that that when he went out towards the end, just in case he needed to be out there on the racetrack, just in case Valentino went quicker, he still did another two laps that still would have won in the car. What is the thing
1: with uh, with Casey? Is he the only? Is the bike developed so much around Casey that no one else can get their head around it, or is he just? Have a, a handle on on how Ducati has their traction control set
0: up that no one else can can figure out. Or yeah, trust. No, no. I think it is purely him. I think it is genuinely him. I think it is genuinely he. He is a supremely confident young man. He arrived in 250 Grand Prix. Oh dear, help me out here. 2001 or two, two or something I believe, like that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I had a uh, I, and we could laugh about it now, but I had a row with him in metegi because that was at the, well, you know, Matteghi's always at the end of the year, September or so, you know, and he had crashed again in on, on 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 a in a nothing session on a Friday, and he was talking on the pit wall with with Chaz Davis and maybe somebody else, maybe Leon Haslam or something. I can't remember the specifics, and I'm. I'm hardly, you know, 70 years old with a big, long grey beard and and called Father Time, but I've I've seen a few accidents, as I'm sure you have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the lad is 16, 17 years old, and he's just whacked himself again with a proper accident. And I went up to him and I said, just be careful, will you? You know, just, just call it, because, you know, the more you crash the more you won't bounce uh what was it what was it one of the f1 drivers said gerhard Berger. every time you crash you write a check sooner or later you run out of money (laughs) uh which is a very good way of putting it and i just said it was only a helpful way of just saying just call it will you and he went absolutely mental Uh, and stormed off and i said right well fine you know is that uh, what
1: you call a, a proper teddy throwing incident
0: Oh, well, it was proper Teddy, and just walked off. So he's a determined young man. Um, I was only trying to help. I think he can see that, but likewise, I can see why he goes so quickly. You know, you don't want to hesitate, because that's half a second, isn't it? Yeah. And um, he is a bloody, bloody confident bloke, and Australians have got it inbuilt in them. They are, they're, I won't say they're bad losers, but you know what I mean. mm mm-hmm. Get it over here with the rugby and the cricket all the time, and uh, they're a determined lot, and they don't they don't lose very often. And good luck to them. Good yeah. luck to them. And it, it is instilled in him.
1: I saw some comments on a message board that I I don't know which way to take. I, I sort of agree with them, and I, I sort of don't. In that um, at, at the beginning uh, of last year, Casey, when Valentino or anyone else would kind of rib Casey about some stuff, he just kind of like okay, whatever. Um, but then he started responding a little bit and it almost came off i hate to use the word whiny but
0: yeah. a little
1: bit like that and i'm wondering is is that one of those things from an image standpoint um you have to be careful on uh because you could be portrayed especially with the way the press loves valentino it could come off the wrong way
0: well uh, exactly you you've half answered it you know <clears throat> anybody after valentino is not going to have the charisma and not going to have the smiley face and the cheeky laugh um, and we will not have one of those for an extremely long time. I mean, the last one before Valentino, who was such fun, of course, was someone like Barry Sheen, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's it it's very easy for people, as we have all done, to say, oh, look at that Ducati, it's a rocket ship in a straight line, and, and then people jump on the bandwagon and say, well, of course, he's only won the race because the thing is so quick in a straight line. Now, the more educated and more well-read people around the sport know that, you know, you're still going to get it around the corners. Um, and he he does that. And with regards to answering to, to Valentino, I don't know. I, he does have a way of snapping, um, but... Well, if that makes him win races, then fine, you know. You, you can't deny him. I mean, Mick Doohan will, will, will admit he was a complete and utter, utter pain in the ass when he got to the track. Yeah. Away from the track, he's fine. You know, when, and, and Pedroza, people tell me, oh, Danny's the you know, heart and soul of the party when he's not at the track. I'm sure he is. I've never met him out of the track. Right. But out the track, you know, the Pedrozas, the Stoners to a certain degree, and certainly the Doohans, they're hard work.
1: A bit like Eddie Lawson in the old days, he likes to steal the yes. steely eyes in. You just, you just, you should just know better than to either, you should either just stay away or, or at least make sure you don't ask a dumb question.
0: Exactly, exactly. You know, and I had my stand-up rows with Mick, one of which in the middle of the press office, I mean, I thought he was going to punch me. He <laughs> went absolutely mental, you know, but it, 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 everyone got Micked. Everybody got Micked. Gotcha. Um, but uh, Casey will learn to stand his ground and... He he can because he's a champion. As long as he's not rude. If he's rude, then you know if he's rude to me, I'll answer back. I mean, some people have been rude to me, and I answer back because I just say, "Hey, that's got nothing to do with the sport. That's just bloody rude." But uh, uh, you know, eh, we'll see. We'll see.
1: And at the end of the day, we all have to remember he's what twenty-two years old. And let's think back to how we were at twenty-two years old, and uh, some things is, and then and then add the weight of the world essentially on you know thrown on that and. Okay, yeah, it explains a few things
0: here and there. Yeah, because when I was 22, as I'm sure you were, you knew everything. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't let anyone try to tell you different. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. So, what? Uh, what
1: about Valentino at that test? He looked um, certainly determined. Uh, he's he's made some very um, um, symbolic gestures that he's uh, he's going to be going hard this year with the. The close cut haircut and and a few other things, but uh, um, th- is it going to be Valentino of you know o two o three?
0: Oh God, yeah, Oh, yeah, I'd say so, and I hope so. Uh, I'd say so, and I hope so. He um, he's got the weight off his shoulders of all this tax thing. He's given them what was it thirty thirty five thousand euros, 40000 dollars, or whatever it is. Um, so that's done. That's a weight off his shoulders. And, um, it all should be back to normal so far as he's concerned.
1: Hard uh, now the question is: is uh, has Yamaha built him a bike, and
0: uh, I guess with the Bridgestone tires that he can get along happily with? I think they have. I think they have. I think, I think as long as, I think even if they were, even if they're only a little bit better with bike and tires. He will think that it's much more than a little bit better, and that in his head. And as we know, if he's right in his head, then you're immortal. Yeah. What
1: uh, What is the uh, atmosphere of that team like? Um, it's more than separated by a wall between him and Jorge. Aren't they like physically separated in garages? I mean, garages yeah. in between.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a. They are on a. They're in a separate garage. They have the same sponsor. And the team wear the same kit. Uh, They eat in their same hospitality, but that's just a technicality. Uh, There's separate press releases um, on email and in print. And there's separate press conferences and such like I mean, it's all a bit odd. It's odd, if you ask me. It's odd. And I think... I think it's 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 there, there is this Italian side of the garage, which is obviously Valentino's side. I'm just surprised that Yamaha let let that be so Italian. Hmm. But it's being serious, I'm not saying anything in between the lines. I just think I'm just I'm surprised that a Japanese company puts really all of their eggs in one basket. One could say, and let let him let let the whole Italian thing all be Italian, because we like them because they're emotional, but. Things can go wrong because they're emotional. So they, they just need to. Yeah. I don't know how that one's going to work out.
1: Yeah. Is that enticement to keep Valentino uh, longer with the the contract after this year?
0: Good point. Good point. May well. May well be. Uh, and he does like all his buddies all around him. He likes, you know, Ucho to carry his leathers and crash helmet and gloves around the place. And, you uh, know, Brevio is. He, is there and quite how it's going to work. If the truth that Brevio is now Valentino's manager and such, like I can't work that one out, but, (laughs) um, hey, who knows? (laughs) But If if it makes him win races, who gives a monkeys? Right, exactly. That's what, Uh, and, and they know more about it. The in-depth machinations of what goes on in that garage than we will ever do. Mm -hmm. And if it makes him win races, well, you can't blame them. Can you? No, not at all.
1: Um, anyone, um, Surprised you one way or the other, either good or bad, through through testing so far this year.
0: Pau melandry Pau melandry um, you know, worst job in the world, isn't it? <laughs> Being Casey Stoner's teammate, uh, I like him personally. I've known him since the very first day he came to his very first Grand Prix, which was in Brno in '97. Valentino introduced me to him, and uh, he came in the Alpine Stars truck up from Italy, up into the Czech Republic. And he um, he was a wild card that, that weekend. And he, he's a lovely, lovely guy. I, I meet him if he's over here in England and such like. I won't, uh, I won't lie and say any different. He's, he's a nice guy. And I just feel a bit sorry for him because he's, in theory, on the best bike in the world. And at the moment, it hasn't gone so well for him. I hope he wins a race. He will win a race. Uh, but he does a bit like Loris, have to have all the stars aligned in the right position. So there's a
1: large crop of rookies coming in this year and um they're looking pretty good actually.
0: Yes, uh David it'll be curious to see how he gets on, because now he should in theory be unleashed because he had a dog of a two fifty and now he's got a he's got a he's got a Honda. Now the cynics might say, Well, that ain't much use. Look what it did last year, but it um it could be a good backup. Um De Angelis is fun and you've got to you've got to like De angelis because he's a complete and utter lunatic. Um, and I in mean, an article that that I've put on Autosport.com that'll come out tomorrow, Thursday, on the 28th. You know, is like, well, where where's Honda's backup? Because hmm. if you put your eggs all in one basket, as they've come on, as they have done with Danny, then what happens if you drop the basket? The bloke's done one day's testing this year. And it's all very well him being rude about poor Nicky saying, oh, you know, whatever he said the other month, you know, well, if you leave the development to Nicky, Nicky look what happens, or whatever he said. Right. Um, which was just staggering when he said it. <laughs> um Well, Nicky hasn't done too badly, you know, and he's a world champion. So, eh, very odd, very odd. um We'll see. We'll yeah. see.
1: um. Just out of curiosity, uh, De, Angelis, De choice in uh, helmet design for that test um, uh, carries a certain connotation in the states. Um, is it that way uh, on your side of the pond as well, or is that just all fun and games?
0: N- no, what's the connotation? No, am I, am uh, I being dumb here?
1: Okay, the uh, the rainbow flag is the uh, often flown by the uh, gay and lesbian crowd in the United States. So,
0: okay, right. <laughs> Did- so okay. I, well, um, there, was, there was a
1: lot of snickering going on in the states when the, when that uh, helmet design came out.
0: So. Right, right. I better be careful with my uh, <laughs> with my rainbow colours. Then. Oh well. So. <laughs> I, I could I could say that i will go and smoke a fag, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes on and it goes on. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Um. No, uh, didn't know that. Uh, it's actually gone down. It's all a sort of a peace and uh, anti-nuclear over here.
1: Okay. Gotcha.
0: Uh, I didn't know that. Maybe you you knew that? No,
1: that was that was well as 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 they've said for for what hundreds of years where uh,
0: uh, people separated by a common language. Yes, absolutely. Yes, over here, it, particularly in Italy, it's the anti-nuclear movement. Hmm. Uh, you may well remember that Valentino had a rainbow-colored crash helmet in one of the tests four or five years ago, uh, when no, I tell you what it was. It was, uh, it was beginning of zero three and he put pace on it p a c e which is peace in italian and in italy you regularly see these rainbow colored flags hanging out of windows with uh, peace written on them and it's just an anti nuclear thing gotcha that's
1: very good that's that's why we that's why we call you you're you're on top of everything over there for us oh uh, i don't know about that
0: i i actually thought it was pretty cool crashing on it because it it actually stands out yes uh, uh, you know, never mind the connotations. Uh, I think it. I think it, it does stand out, and that's what you need, rather than just another Japanese messy arai.
1: And uh, I did. I did get a kick out of you and Julian saying that uh, uh, with this helmet, uh, the way his names spelled out are kind of. It's so big and blocky. It. Uh, uh the, the, the dean the, jealous yeah the the guys at the pub yeah. think he's english
0: <laughs> yeah 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 i thought that up when i saw it i thought right, right i'll keep that for the broadcast dean jealous he's a lovely bloke have you ever met dean <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> so uh the next test coming up here with this in a couple of days here they're start they're uh, trying out the lights in uh, qatar which should be pretty interesting
0: i, th- I can't wait it's really got under my skin this week um, looking at some of the photos from the test when they did some road bikes, when was it November the 11th or something? something yep. They, uh, I think it'll be absolutely brilliant. Have you seen the stats? It, they've lit an area, which is the circuit, that is equivalent to 73 uh, soccer pictures. 73! <laughs> I think each sort of light post... Has got three generators, so it's got two backups.
1: Well, if you want to know where all the petrodollars are going, <laughs> well, I ain't short of money out there, I tell you. No,
0: I um, tell you what, it's I, just. A, oh.
1: I, I have seen those lighting systems at uh, some of the um, uh, drag strips we have at the, here in the United States, and uh, I will say that they do. A, once I actually saw the lighting, you know, understood what company was doing, I'm like, well, this could come out pretty well, and. Uh, some of the uh, NASCAR races here in the U.S. are, are run under light. so sure. And, sure. And the drivers are saying, like, well, it's maybe not quite like daylight, but you know, we yeah, can use uh, tinted shields if we wanted. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I can't remember some of the NASCAR courses that use it, but I've seen them. And of course, the, you know, IRL use it a lot of the sure, time. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um, so, are you uh, in favor of the night race, or do you think it comes off as a gimmick?
0: It's a gimmick in Qatar. Because there's only three hours time difference to the UK. Oh dear, I can't do my sums now. So therefore, is it two or four? It's, I think it's only two hours difference to Europe. Hmm. It's it's two hours difference to Europe. That's, you know, that's not needed. You know, if we had the race at four o'clock, no, three o'clock local time. Then it would be a 12 o'clock start here in Europe, in England, and one o'clock start in, in Central Europe. I think it's a bit of a gimmick. Where they need a, a floodlit race is Malaysia, Japan, Australia. That, where there's, there's a massive time difference to the bulk of the MotoGP audience. And I'm sorry to tell you over there, no. but the bulk of that audience is obviously in Europe. No, we, the, the, the ratings
1: here for MotoGP are, um, you know, cricket might get better
0: uh, ratings over here than MotoGP. Oh, oh crying shame! <laughs> crying shame. Yes. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will be fun. Uh, I think what most people are worried about in the paddock has got nothing to do with the lights. But the first motorcycle out there on the racetrack is at six o'clock local time in the evening. So you know, we might get to the track at. We could get to the track at midday. There'll be nothing to do. <laughs> Um, or not nothing to do, but there's only so many stories you can write for your website and such like, and so many, so much running around and doing. So we may not get to the track until three. So, you know, Murphy's law, you'd you'd wake up in your hotel at nine and be kicking your heels for six hours. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long, long day, because the motor grand prix race starts at eleven. So by the time we go off air, it's midnight. And then people have got press releases to do and we've got articles to write, so it's gonna be a long night and the sun will be coming up by the time we get back to the hotel. That'll be that'll be what's odd. And I take
1: it Doha isn't exactly uh central London for activities in the other uh, hours.
0: Metropolis it is not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two and a half thousand seats in the main grandstand. There you go. Yeah,
1: well and, and they're lucky to get what uh 800 people in them for the race
0: <laughs> yeah yeah as steve parish said of the bbc what did he say uh i think there's more helicopters in the car park than there are motorcycles <laughs> <laughs> Nice. which was a good one yes. which was a good one yeah <laughs> I, I, I can't nick that so he, he has to take the credit oh um
1: as as we look ahead here to the uh, 2008 season um do you think last year had its moments especially at the beginning of the season but it's sort of leveled off quite a bit as uh, maybe we got to the midpoint. Do you think this season will be uh, more, I hate to say more exciting, but just more things going on to make it a bit more exciting, say like 06?
0: Yeah, I believe so because, oh, I'm cracky, If we get an, an 06, I'll be jumping up now that'll be brilliant. I think so because Valentino's back in, in in spirit and in, you know, if he with these tyres, if he thinks that Michelin were that rubbish, then, well, so be it. But likewise, Michelin have got their tail up and they'll be pumping resources and time to to Repsol, to and, and to a certain degree to Lorenzo, to, to get back again. They're not going to lie down. Yeah. And I think that'll be the focus. I think that'll be the focus. I hope that people in Japanese factories don't whinge and complain about, you know, rev limits with Ducati, as they already have, and... and and, oh, this is unfair or that's unfair. I, I I think that'll be a shame for the sport if we start going down that road because then all of a sudden we're going to be turning into Formula One. Yeah, no
1: one wants to see
0: that. I really don't want to see that. And I think a lot of people will begin to fall out of love with the sport because it it is so good at the moment. And, you know, sure, 11 Ducati, 11 races last year were won by Ducatis. And... uh but Valentino was, was hamstrung in a few of them, so we shall see.
1: Yeah. It's uh no one complained when Valentino dominated, but if Valentino doesn't dominate then all of a sudden it's boring, right?
0: It's boring race. Yeah, well you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he does add a, a an element to class, if only because he's got Plus cooling down yeah. celebrations and bowling ball <laughs> and you know, Skittles and Seven Dwarfs and all that, you know? Yep. It's brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. Um so But likewise, people like to see the red thing win because if you don't like Ducati, then (laughs) you really, you know, you haven't got you haven't got too much warm blood going through your veins. You know, I'm not going to rush out and buy a Ferrari, but there's something about a Ferrari that turns your head down the street. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to rush out and buy a. Uh, a, a, a 1960s Corvette, but you can't help but look at it when it trundles, or a Mustang, but you mm-hmm. can't help but look at it when it when it trolls past you. Particularly if it was a dark blue Mustang in San Francisco, you'd think that's pretty cool, wouldn't you? Uh,
1: well, you'll you'll uh, wrap up here in a second uh, with one last question, but you'll enjoy uh, one of the uh, motorcycle forums for San Francisco. Uh, somebody just bought a Desmosedici, and within two uh, hours uh, of owning it, had already thrown it down the
0: road. Wow. Well. <laughs> someone obviously no with more, more money than brains right yeah yeah i've been offered a ride on one by somebody so fingers crossed Oof. Right. i should be frightened i tell you <laughs> i should probably just go down to the local city and and drive ride eight miles back and that'll be it <laughs> but just to say just just to rock up outside the pub on one of them <laughs> exactly that's, that's that's cool that is that's bloody cool yes <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, I, I
1: do have to ask you, since we are an American-based uh, show, uh, your take on what the Americans are
0: this year, or will be this year, or how they'll be this year. Uh... Nikki's probably been done a a bit of a favour, really, with with Danny falling off, because maybe Nikki can can guide the development of the machine his way over all the tests that he's done. And as we all know, Nikki he's there from dawn till dusk, and they have to put the the flag out to get him in, or let the sun go down. He does do a lot of miles. That that's that's going to be good and nicky he is genuinely one of the sports good guys he's one of the good champions in many many years he's a gentleman and you you lot over there should never forget that that uh, he he really does stand head and shoulders above many others in the paddock when he's off the motorcycle and it's a credit to his family with uh, the way he's been brought up so he he's, he deserves he deserves well Uh, Colin, obviously, as you say, has been out from underneath the the shadow of Valentino. Curious to know how quickly bikes in in Tectua will go. But um, maybe Michelin will will make the bike go quicker than the bike is meant to go. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's blue and yellow because it's been underwritten by Michelin. So don't underestimate that. And they do like Colin. And they will get on very well in that team with with our hope, of course, James Toesland. Yes. So there's a good little double act going on there. They're same language, same sense of humour. Come from a superbike background, got a point to prove. So you know, good 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 things going on there. John, of course, hamstrung literally with that uh, with that accident. You know, he really was in quite some pain in Hareth. You saw that he didn't ride the the hour for the BMW. He was struggling even getting off the motorcycle when it came into the pits. He had to sort of push his weight forward so that he was sitting on the fuel tank, and then somehow waddling and throwing his leg over the tail section. But he's he's a he's a fired up young man, very very fired up. And the thing is, Karasaki, they're they're not shy sure spending money at the moment. So it's the old story, you know, speed speed is money. How much do you want to spend? So. Mm-hmm. That, that'll be very interesting, and he's got a point to prove, to prove that he can go quicker on the green thing rather than the blue thing. Yes.
1: Yep. Um, well, you brought up someone I, I should have uh, thought to ask you because uh, I guess the hopes and dreams of a, of a country uh, rest on, on his shoulders, but uh, James Tozlin, I would imagine the ratings will be through the roof uh, in the UK this year with his involvement.
0: Yes, um, it will be. It will be difficult for us not to talk about him all the time, kind of thing. You know, we've we've been missing somebody for a while, and a very long while, and we um, we don't want to drop the ball, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, some some journo's I think are overdoing it. Some are, you know, maybe maybe I'm underdoing it. I'm being too reticent in in writing too much about him or talking about him too much because. I don't, I don't don't want to put the curse on him, you know, the journalist curse. Sure. So if he can go well and he if he can get support, I put him 6th in the championship. I did an interview with a magazine the other day with Performance Bike and they said where'd you put him and I said I think he could be 6th in the championship. <laughs> Maybe I'm completely overestimating, you know. Other people say, "Oh well, he'll be in the top 10." Well, he I mean, flipping should be in the top 10 if you ask <laughs> me. Come on. Yeah. That's an easy thing to say, but I think it's a bit sharper to say that he could be 6th. So uh yeah yeah uh, fingers crossed uh, hey actually really I suppose I, uh, the the thing that's in the forefront of my mind with regards to british winds is actually Bradley Smith. Yes that's huge. He's been top of the top of the pile in every one pretty well every 125 session so that's the um that's the the big hope really for the UK. He's just launched the bike in London or launched the team in London today Wednesday. So the pictures will be out there on the internet, and um, he will be a much more mature man year on year because he's still only a pup. Yeah.
1: And uh, well, the tough season he had last year will probably do him uh, well for this year, much like uh, D'Angelo's.
0: Yes, exactly. And uh, apparently, he's no longer managed by Alberto Pooch, so he's out of that <laughs> circle. So you know, no, but seriously, you—he—he—he he, he, he is still in awe of alberto because obviously alberto brought him through the moto gp academy but it's a different team and sometimes people just click you know yes. and they've put i have some what was somebody telling me the other day they put oh they put little number uh 38 numbers all over his chair and and the and the flight cases and the boxes and everything that's trying and it's all those little touches that make differences to 16 17 year old kids because yes. it it just makes you feel as if you've been wanted and. As I say, that warm and fuzzy feeling.
1: The uh, final question we have for you today, and um, I can't believe I I almost forgot to ask you this. uh, The absence of Kenny Roberts from the paddock this year. I mean, that's... who? When's the last time Kenny wasn't in the paddock, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1977. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So it was... um, Apparently, it's going very well. You've read what I've written, I'm sure, and Mm it is going very well. There's some things that you know, are still cooking, and the people who I have spoken to have said, Toby, we ain't messing around here. This is serious, Mm. and I've got to believe them. I've got to believe them. What else can I do? And if they say they have put all this time into it, they're people who I've got time for, not just Chuck and Kenny, but other people involved, And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, maybe it is that big. And I heard a little rumour last week when I was travelling that, you know, it's progressed even more. So maybe one of my catchphrases, less is more, is actually quite apt at the moment. Maybe they just need to stand back. And when everything's all ready financially, then they can jump forward again. Hmm. And when people, and it does annoy me, when people say... Oh, well, Ducati have said that they can't build any more bikes. (laughs) If you and I walk through the door at Ducati with more money than they have ever dreamt of, (laughs) they will build the flipping motorcycles. They'll hire some people. Exactly. (laughs) It's called supply and demand. If Dietrich Matisic of Red Bull walked into Ducati, and that's not the sponsor of Kenny Roberts, so let me go down that road. If he walked through that door and said... I will pay you $20 million in cash now, and I want four motorcycles in a month's time. They will be there. <laughs> and if they're not, well, one could say it's bad business. You know what I mean? I mean, never mind the time scale. They would just make it happen, you know? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't I? Wouldn't any of one of your listeners if, um, <laughs> if somebody said, you know, hang on. <laughs> As my father always taught me, it concentrates the mind money. Yes. It, has, <laughs> it, it tends to do that it tends to do that yes um predictions
1: top three predictions for uh for moto gp from you
0: i still think casey will win it but i think that valentino will be very close uh casey uh you know did win the championship last year by five clear races Mm -hmm. 125 points a lot of people forget that so as long as it's a bit closer i think which i think it will be i think it'll be more exciting for all of us um I suppose the big question is Pedroza and how long will it take him to get going? And if he doesn't get going till Le Mans in the middle of May, five rounds in or something, then you start to lose ground, don't you? Championships are regularly won at the beginning of the year, which is exactly how Nicky won his title.
1: How uh, Kenny Jr. won his.
0: How Kenny Jr. won his. Exactly. Exactly. So I still think that Casey is strongest uh if if it comes down to the last race then may the best man win yep. but i still think it'll be stoner and valentino i hope there's someone else in there who pops up out of nowhere because this time last year casey stoner hadn't won a race
1: mm-hmm. now, but, uh, looking forward to uh to a good season and uh i gotta say you and julian were already sounding in mid-season form in at round zero so i'm uh very excited for uh what's to come this year
0: and you're gonna watch it off the internet aren't you or something
1: Yes, well, see, the nice thing about watching uh, off the internet and, and getting your feed is that uh, unlike what we get here in the states off of speed, they they tend not to chop uh, you know three to seven laps out of the race, and throw, okay. and throw a commercial in about every six minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, brought to you in association with Repsol and Arai and that exactly. kind of stuff. Yeah, so on. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. all good fun. All good fun. Julian and I we do laugh when we walk through the paddock at Laguna, and uh, and 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 the. And the the circuit commentator is saying, well, next up, ladies and gentlemen, is the, is the Honda Pro Oils brought to you in association with Arai and <laughs> in association with Michelin Tires and BF Goodrich. And, and we laugh because, of course, it's, it's I'm not criticising, it's just different from the way that we're used to hearing, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but we shouldn't complain because those sponsors obviously keep, keep, uh, keep those championships alive and we would very easily complain if they disappeared. Yes. So absolutely. I'm only I'm only joking. Don't write in. <laughs>
1: and uh, people can check you out at uh, Autosport.com for your regular column.
0: Yes, Autosport.com, and then uh, that's a two-wheeled and a four-wheeled website. So go and click on the MotoGP section, and there's uh, words that I write in a weekly journal that come out on the Thursday after each race or if something important happens elsewhere, and uh, it's, it's about 29 quid subscription for the year for the website. You get no adverts, and you get full-res pictures and all sorts.
1: It's a good site. I highly recommend it for anyone who isn't, uh, isn't subscribed or who has yet to check it out. So, uh, Toby, we greatly appreciate your time and spending it with us here on Rumble Strip Radio, and uh, hopefully we will be able to talk to you uh, throughout the season. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Keep in touch. No worries. Take care, Toby. Okay. Bye. So once again, thanks a ton to Toby Moody. You know, I think by the we recorded by the time we were done recording and talking before and after the show, I think uh, we're on the on the Skype line with Toby for about an hour. So uh, I appreciate Toby spending all that time with us. Uh, You know, he had suggested cutting it up into two different segments, and uh, I thought about it, but then it was there was just so much good stuff, and I didn't want to miss out on anything, especially before. you know, next week uh, with uh, with the beginning of the world, uh, MotoGP season that um, just wanted to have as much as possible out there. And, and I thought it was a great interview. I thought Toby touched on a lot of good stuff. So hope you enjoyed that. Uh, as always, feedback, welcome, rumblestripradio at gmail.com. And if you'd like to send Toby a note um, on anything that he mentioned, you know, send it to us here, rumblestripradio at gmail.com, and uh, we'll forward that along to him at, at that point. So... Let's see. I need to go back here. So um, testing going on at Qatar for the first time under the lights. Everyone's there, full uh, full circuit of lights, and um, so far the response seems to be pretty good from everyone. Scanning through some of the press releases that came out uh, after the test, everyone says you know plenty of light, no problems, a few shadows here and there. Uh, it takes a few minutes to get used to. The only problem, the only person who has a problem with uh, this whole deal, uh, who you can't get comfortable, doesn't like the lights, doesn't like the shadows, whatever, uh, is the Hobbit. So, uh, big surprise, right? But uh, the, the pictures that came out, uh, that are coming out, that were shot, were, were also really good. There's some great, uh, some great, great pictures, and the lights really uh, popping off some of the uh, some of the body work there. And I think next year, I think. If they're going to do this again, we're going to um, we're going to see some different paint jobs, a special paint jobs for everyone uh, for this race, just so that they really, really pop, stand out. Maybe do some special things under the lights. Um, that happens a lot with some of the races here in the U.S. and the four wheel world. And I think it would really um, could really be cool. And I think it would be something you know in addition to that, MotoGP could do to make this race really stand out. Uh, but surprising, almost no one. Casey Stoner is out in front of everyone by uh, you know, almost seven tenths of a second. In at least in the Friday testing, um, a little bit surprising. Jorge Lorenzo uh, was second. Depuyne in third. Uh, Davizioso was fourth. James Toseland showing well in uh, fifth. Uh, DeAngelis, or as as maybe we'll call him for the rest of the year, Dean Angelis, <laughs> is uh, sixth. Uh, Hopper looks like he's uh, recovered. Uh, much, much better. He's at least in better shape now. In seventh, uh, Pedroza eighth, Valentino ninth, Colin in tenth, uh, Tony Elias in eleventh, Nick in twelfth. He uh, he had no problems. He just uh, they were just looking to find some speed. He was relatively happy with the setup. Uh, Nakano, Vermeulen, Caporossi, Melandri, uh, Gintley, and West. I think they're doing at least one more day of testing. Uh, maybe two. Can't remember. Sorry, I'm falling, falling on a brain fart there. But the uh, the one the comments that I saw that uh, Liam Schubert, uh, moto Liam for everyone who doesn't know him, um, has said that uh, it was it was good. It was definitely. I mean, from his standpoint, everything looked pretty bright. the the writer The writers were saying everything looked good. Uh, just that it was cold. Uh, those of you who've never been in the desert at night know that it can get pretty damn cold. Uh, especially if the wind picks up a little bit too, and it's you know right off the ocean there too, so you get some nice, nice ocean breezes coming right onto the track. Uh, I think Toby is right. Uh, I'm sorry, um, that uh, you know if they're going to do continue to do this. I'm sorry, it wasn't Toby who said this. It was somebody else who said this. Maybe it was uh, Liam that uh, if you're going to continue to do Qatar under the lights, that uh, maybe you need to move it into different part of the race season where it's going to be a little warmer at night. Um, You can go into May, June or something like that and run this at night. And I think the temperatures would be just a little bit better for everyone there. So I'm interested to see how this comes out uh, for, uh, for the final times that, that we see, but um, we'll, uh, we'll get to those next week when we come back to you. Also AMA is just about ready to get kicked off. I think the CCS races down at Daytona start here in a, in a couple days and then we get the whole uh, whole joy that is the Daytona week going. And I, I, joy is said with as much sarcasm as possible. Um, those of you who have experienced Daytona from the inside know what a joy the people at work there are, what a mess that whole area is for Bike Week. You know, half a million people down there and all but about 10,000 of them give two craps about what's going on at the Speedway. So anyways, with that... Um, Going to uh, kick it out here for the for this week. Uh, definitely will be back for you next week. Um, as I finish up recording, I have absolutely no idea what outro music you'll be hearing, but we'll come up with something good for you. Um, let you know that Rumble Strip Radio is a production of Raul Duke Media LLC and is protected under a Creative Commons license. Some rights are reserved. Uh, copy this off to your friends. Burn them a disc. Put it on a USB key. Point them over here. Get them to subscribe to the RSS feed through iTunes. Whatever you need to do, shows show numbers are definitely looking better. We want to get continue uh, the climb of that of that listenership and get as many people involved as we can. So, until I talk to you again next week, have fun, be good, most importantly, keep it on two wheels. We'll talk to you soon.